Good morning, Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. How are you today, Frank? I'm pretty good, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, it's been a busy show already. We've got uh, we've had a little bit of a preview of tonight's uh, Oilers and Red Wings game. We just had spec on. We've got you know who we have coming up at ten o'clock with our co-host Grant Fear is Jason Zubak. Frank, do you know who that is? I don't. He's he's a five-time world long drive champion in golf. So he's from Alberta area here. He's I think he went to U of A years ago. I could use some tips oh. from him, I think. Well, I mean, if you if you check him out, he looks more like a, well, between a defensive end and a linebacker, he's just ripped. He's probably mm-hmm. about 53, 54 years old or five. But he, Probably he, one thing I'm missing in my game. <laughs> that kind the of The only a, thing the ripping power. is my shirt or my pants. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's just a powerful guy. and I mean, you've watched those long drive things, and you see how hard those guys swing and, and things like that. So It's uh, it's all science. It's crazy. Like, it's all club speed, ball mm-hmm. speed. It's, yeah. it's a pure math equation. It, it is, and, but he's a big guy. And then the other, we've got a guy from up north here too, Frank. His name is Jamie Sidlowski from St. Paul, just north of Edmonton. He's won it as well, and he's like a, a rail. It's just unbelievable the differences, as you said, technique, That's, power, timing, speed, everything. I don't know about you, but that's not the uh, <laughs> that's not the facet to my game that no <laughs> that makes that makes me a decent golfer. Well, we're, we'll get together one of these days or years to have a golf yep. game somehow, and we'll have a a couple of pops and and, and enjoy it. So be awesome. You know, I, I we were talking off the top of the show. I don't recall a, a a possible suspension coming up to a player like Morgan Riley. What he will face today, getting as much coverage because it is Toronto, because it's the Leafs, blah blah blah. Uh, that, oh, so you're buying into the Sheldon Keefe narrative? Uh, well, I don't know if I'm buying. No, I, I don't know if I'm buying into that narrative. I'm just saying it, like you know, watching all the sports shows yesterday because obviously Super Bowl Sunday was a big thing and it happened Saturday night. So I think a lot of people just sort of pushed off it until Monday. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was just it's just the crazy amount of coverage that it's getting for, you know, just because it's the Leafs. That's all. I don't. Well, it, it's not just because it's the Leafs. It's also because their defense is so thin that taking Morgan Riley out, you know, a pretty indispensable player for them, taking him out of the lineup for a period of five or more games, all of a sudden, I think their playoff position becomes in peril. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is already. Like they're teetering on the edge with the wild card, they've got other hiccups in net. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of things to worry about and consider here. And it's it's really the idea of keeping Morgan Riley on the ice yeah. that's of utmost paramount. What do you think he gets? I think he gets five. Okay. I think there's enough recent history with the David Perron suspension to have that serve as the precedent. And the reason why I would give him one less game is because David Perron – a similar suspension history as well, which is nothing to speak of. Um, he got the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. It was clearly out of anger. Morgan Riley, similar kind of thing, out of anger, cross-check to the face, non-hockey play, meaning it's after the whistle. Um, that's where I think it lands. Yeah, I, th- I think it could be five. It could be even, I think, possibly four. I don't think he gets more than six, which a lot of people are calling for, but... As you I'd said, be surprised. Yeah, as you said, Frankie's. But such it's a- pretty rare to see a player that gets an in-person hearing offered to him, and it ends up being less than five, mm-hmm. which is what a phone hearing would be. If he if he gets six, let's just just play hypothetical here. If he gets six and appeals, do you think it would get reduced? 
No, and I, I think we have enough recent history to suggest from Commissioner Gary Bettman, who hears the appeal first, and, and there's a whole separate topic. The appeal process is utterly broken <laughs> in the NHL. The fact that the commissioner is there to uphold what essentially is a decision by his own employee, um, I, I think he probably upholds it. And more than that, speaking to how broken the system is, to then go to a neutral arbitrator and have it take so long. Do you know that the neutral arbitrator still hasn't ruled on David Perron's appeal from December? <laughs> the whole system is just messed up, like right from the DOPS to to, to the, what you're just saying right there. It's, it's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, I, I think this year, more than a lot of others, the Department of Player Safety has exhibited not just a – a, a clear inconsistency in its application of discipline, but I would take it a step further and say, not only that, they appear to be running scared of an appeal mm-hmm. and just look at the Brendan Gallagher hit there. That, that should have been much longer than five games. And I think in comparison to this should be a, a longer suspension, even though these aren't apples to apples plays, it should be a longer suspension than whatever Morgan Riley gets. And by the way, just in case anyone's wondering, I, I mean, I am wearing a white hoodie today, but before anyone calls me a snowflake, um, I, I actually love the slap shot from Ridley Gregg. Yeah, well, I think it's fantastic. You you can do whatever you want. Just be prepared for someone to come after mm-hmm. you. And that doesn't necessarily mean you should get a cross check in the face. It just means that there should be some response from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in fact, we'd be all over them today if they didn't. But using your stick is a no-no. Yeah, I said that all day yesterday, Frank. I was fine with what Ridley Gregg, what he did. Uh, but I wish, you know, I liked the response from from Riley. If he would have hammered him across, you know, the, the elbow or, you know, the shoulder lower, uh, you know, there, pro- there might have been a, actually maybe a quick line brawl or something like that. Um and I'm not saying a total brawl, but there would have been a a, big, a lot more of a response with Greg down on the ice as opposed to what there was. That's what I would have thought well, happened. I, I don't agree with the idea of, I think there was like a line going around yesterday on social media, make hockey violent again. Yeah. But we should make hockey spicy again. And, mm-hmm. and what Rid- Ridley Greg did with the slap shot, like I'm all for it. Rivalry game. Your team's had a, a dreadful season where you've been way short on expectations. They can't handle the weight of of being a good team in Ottawa. <laughs> but if you take one down on a Saturday night against the team from the self-proclaimed center of the hockey universe, then you know what? Have a night. Go like do what you do whatever you want. Put the exclamation point on it. But don't be surprised when it's met with a, with retaliation. Yeah, again, I had no problem with what he did with the slapper, and then just be ready to for something to happen after. You can't you can't turtle. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but be ready for something that happens after. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, um, double IHF, Frankie had some posts uh, this morning just regarding with what's happening with uh, Russia Belarus moving forward here. Yeah, so the IHF Council met. Um, overseas in Europe and determined that they are not ready yet for Russia and Belarus to return to the world championship 
level. And that's not just men's worlds. It's world juniors. It's women's. It's under 18s. Any sort of championship level, the entire Russian and Belarusian federations, they have been banned for this upcoming cycle, which, by the way, includes the 2025 world juniors, which would be held in Ottawa uh, later this year. So I think what's interesting to me is two parts of it. Um, One, that they've cited safety risks. They said, you know, due to current safety risks, they've determined that it's, quote, not yet safe to reincorporate Russia and Belarus. So what we can glean from that is, one, not yet safe means that that's obviously leaving the door open for Russia for the 2026 Olympics, which would be our first best-on-best competition Mm -hmm. since, well, the Olympics were held in Russia in 2014 in Sochi. But it also, what what struck me was the change in messaging from the double IHF. You know, they did say in 2022 when the war in Ukraine began, which, not adding anything politically, just fact, was an unprovoked attack. Um, They they said safety... to their fans, players, and officials was was of paramount importance, but they also used way different language, saying the IIHF strongly condemns the use of military force. All of that's been gone. That has been wiped off the table in the latest statement from the double IHF. So it, it seems like their stance is softening. I think the big thing to watch that no one is going to say publicly uh, from those countries out of fear of retribution But Finland, Sweden, and even Czechia to a large degree with Dominic Hasek and the statements that he's been making, you're going to have a hard time finding them in competition with Russia anytime soon on the international level. And it's a big reason why Russia is not part of the 2025 Four Nations Mm face-off. Finland and Sweden said no go, not happening. As a neighbor of Russia – we're not having them participate. So there's a lot to, to navigate here on the geopolitical landscape. Ooh, tons for sure. Frank Saravalli, Daily Faceoff, our headliner of the day on Sports 1440. Anyone moving up your trade target board on Daily Faceoff, Frank, in particular with implications towards the Oilers and maybe a name like Jake Gensel? Yeah, I don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins are there yet on Jake Gensel. I mean... Obviously, the Oilers are one of the teams that's tracking that. Um, One name that is moving up the board, in fact, wasn't on there, but I believe they were very close to finishing off a deal that somehow got nixed somewhere along the lines is Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. I think they, the Flames and the New Jersey Devils had a deal done in principle to bring Jacob Markstrom in last week. That somehow, again, for unknown reasons, got scuttled. And Markstrom wasn't on the board because with the term remaining on his deal, there was only so few places that would really sign up to make a trade like that. And for New Jersey, really needing the stability and net that they've been craving for the last few years, they haven't had it. And that that's sort of the one destination that made a lot of sense. I don't know if we'll see that. In fact, I don't think we'll see it revisited. Mm -hmm. But will another team step up now that, 
you know, Markstrom is very clearly in play. Certainly something to watch. And But Calgary's coming on too here. And Markstrom, you saw him last night. He played great. That was, uh, you know, a great game against the Rangers. And Calgary's just, they're inching closer to that second yeah. wildcard spot too. That doesn't change anything for me. I don't think it changes anything for the Flames. When you're building for two to three years out, you can't be swayed by one 10-day period of time. And I, I, I think long view in mind, they're pretty clear in terms of their thought process of we've already made a bunch of significant trades to Foley, Zadaroff, Lindholm in the last eight months. We're going to continue on with that process. And even if they're keeping Noah Hannafin, you know, they've still got the premier rental defenseman available in Chris Tanev. They're in a pretty enviable spot to be in right now on the trade front. What would you put a percentage on that Hannafin stays in Calgary, Frank? Uh, 30%. 30, so one out of three ballpark. And if he were to get traded, what kind of a haul would uh, Craig Conroy be looking at? It's something like a first-round pick plus a grade-A prospect or a first and a second. Um, There's a couple recent examples that you can draw on in terms of setting market price. Gavrikov got a first last year from Mm -hmm. LA as a, you know, pending rental. Also a left shot guy, different players. I think Hannafin is more impactful. Um, Philip Hironik, RFA under team control for two years. So not apples to apples, but they actually produce. If you look at their career history at a very similar path. And in fact, with both players needing new contracts this summer, I'd be very surprised if Hannafin and uh, Hironik are going to be much different in terms of price and AAV and term that Hannafin got a, or sorry, Hironik got a first and a second last year. Um, I think those are kind of the goalposts that Craig Conroy has to kick through if we're thinking field goal. Mm, yeah, and we both kind of believe that Hannafin will want to sign his next, next long-term deal in the northeastern United States. Is there a possibility for a trade and sign coming up here in the next three weeks? Yes, uh, I think it'd be in the Flames' best interest to allow that at the last possible moment mm-hmm. to ensure that a deal gets done. And And look, no one... I don't think anyone at this stage in the game is giving up significant assets like that for a player that they're just going to purely rent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my guess is whoever is acquiring him is going to have some sort of knowledge that he's willing to sign. And and by the way, I don't know if it's just restricted to just the Northeastern U.S. I think mm-hmm. what he had stated to to the Flames at least last summer was that he wanted to be in the U.S. period for his next long-term deal. Mm-hmm. The flirtation has obviously been there for him to stay in Calgary. He asked for a price, the Flames hit it, and he got cold feet. Now what happens? All right, Frank, thanks a lot, big fella. We'll see you back here on Thursday. Enjoy uh, tonight's, tomorrow's games, and we'll uh, chat on Thursday. Thanks, bud. Sounds good. Have a good one, Kevin.